Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkokwate, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Last week we were talking about Matthew 28, verse number 18 to 20. Remember this year, our vision for this year. How many of you remember the vision for this year? Anybody remember our vision for this year? Hallelujah. Making disciples for Christ. This year, we want to trust God that it's not going to be like we are just talking about it and doing nothing. You know, people will talk about things and never do anything as long as they don't believe in the thing. But people will always show some action in whatever they believe in. Because faith is always an action. If you believe something, you will act upon it. The fact that you know some things and you haven't been acting upon it, is the, is the, the truth of the matter is you don't believe in it yet. This is why God told uh, Joshua, He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. So shall you do what? Make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. It means that success per se doesn't come like uh, how we have this gift with your wrapper and everything on it, and then you just open the the wrapper and here is your success. That's not how it is. The success is locked up in the word of God. And so when a man wants to succeed the way God has ordained for us to succeed, the first thing to do is to take God's word in your mouth. You know, when you are speaking the word of God, You don't always have to believe what you are saying. You have to just say it. But the truth is, there is a connection between what comes out of your mouth and what comes, what is in your heart. Because the Bible says, well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you will say something long enough, it will make a connection with your heart. And that will be the thing that you believe. Are you understanding me? So you see, what you say is a reflection of your heart. But at the same time, what is not in your heart yet, but you still say, you may say and not see any result. But if you keep on seeing, saying it, a time is going to come when what you are saying will get into your heart. And the moment you say it the next time, boom, there is a change. That's how it is. So, we were saying, of course, that this year we are believing God that it's not going to be like other years where we talk about our vision, but there is no action. This time, there will be some action. That's what we are saying. So, we, we were covering a couple of things. You know, let me just read the scripture for you to refresh your memory. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus approached and, breaking the silence, said to them, All authority 
that is all power of rule in heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19, go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. So let it be. Of course, that is from the Amplified. So if you are reading other versions, then you have something else. But we were saying, when was it written? Or when was this thing said? We said it was said when Jesus was about to leave from the mount uh, 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 that he had appointed them in Galilee. And then we also said that when he was speaking to them, there were more than 12 people there. You know, we, we, we normally talk of the 12 disciples. Nobody really talks about the 70 disciples because the 70 were not called disciples. Although Jesus also sent them out to do certain preachings. But we were saying that according to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, it is possible that people who were there, they were more than 500. And I went on to say that at least one of the people we know who was never there was Judas Iscariot. Because there is a record to show that Judas even died before Jesus died. So that actually, when Jesus was carrying my sin to pay my price for me, as he went to hell, he actually met Judas there. Judas went ahead of him. Okay. We also said, therefore, that if go and make disciples was not just said to these 11 who remain, then go and make disciples was said to everybody who was following Jesus. Is that not what we were saying the last time? Then we said, uh, why? I think the why is what we didn't talk about, right? We talk of uh, when and we talk of to whom. Now, the why, we couldn't get to that, and then... So, so why has Jesus said we should go and make disciples? Why? Well, if you read the book of uh, uh, Romans chapter 10, the verse number 9 and 10, it says what? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it means that if God is sending us he is sending us to a people who were like us. Listen, me, my parents, they were not Christians to begin with. But of course, they became Christians. But they were not Christians to begin with. So it meant that if these Oyibo people had not come to my country, so that they have sacrificed, you know, this malaria. They didn't have all this chloroquine and things then. Though. So if you come and uh, what betide you, if the mosquitoes manage to chew your malaria as your system, oh yeah, oh yeah, some of them, they come within weeks, they are dead. So you ask yourself, how can these people keep on coming? Knowing, look, if they sent you to a place where there's coronavirus today, will you go? Yet the coronavirus, you will stay longer before it kills you compared to the malaria, what it did to these white people. Am I talking to somebody? 
So, so those people were, were very fine Christians. A lot better Christians than most of the Christians that we are seeing today. Because if their life didn't seem so important to them, but the message of Christ was so important, if they didn't see this my color, and just because it's dark, they didn't think that I'm a child of the devil, and they believed that I needed this gospel, then trust me, those guys are very good. Very, very good. It meant that there was no racism in them. Today, several centuries later, there are still people who are very racist. Yet these people were not racist. They laid down their lives so that the gospel would come to us. My dear friends, let's not be racist to the Germans. At least we know that one good turn deserves another. That right hand was left, left hand was right. If their parents or their forefathers have sown to make us what we are today, it makes sense that we should be sown into them because look at their churches. They are getting empty now. Some churches have become coffee houses. It means that if we don't get up to do for them what they did for us, our blame will be worse than their own. Hello? <laughs> so that is one of the reasons why. Because faith doesn't come until somebody hears the word of God preached. And if the word of God is preached, then an opportunity is given to the person whether he will believe or not. You know, whether you preach to somebody or you don't preach to them, if they don't have Christ, they go to hell full stop. Because you see, the fact is sin cannot be allowed into heaven. And the fact that we are getting to heaven is just a mercy from God. It's not a right. Are you listening to me? It's a mercy from God. It's not a right. You know, when it is a right, you can demand. But when it is a mercy, you cannot demand. If somebody goes to hell because he has never heard the gospel once, you know who he has to blame? Adam. Because God told Adam from the beginning. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what he wasn't supposed to do. Nobody can blame God. And so because of that, let us act with compassion to people who don't know the gospel. What do I mean by acting with compassion to them? Listen. Have you ever seen an unbeliever before? Have you met somebody who doesn't know the Lord before? And how was your interaction with them? Didn't they think you were a fool trying to talk about a God you haven't seen with your eyes? Everybody who is lost is like that. They think you are believing in a story. Mention, they call it in the Deutsch. Is that not so? They think you are believing in fables. Yeah, that's the right. Fables. They think you are believing in fables. Uh, because as for stories, they can be true. But fables by their nature are not true. So they think that you are believing in fables. So, so they, don't, they don't really take you serious. You know how they are going to take you serious? When you begin to go on your knees. To lift up prayer for them. Then that power that is blinding their understanding. Not this eyes though. The understanding, because the eyes has an understanding. Sorry, the understanding has eyes. You can say something for, to, to somebody for a uh, hundred times, and he doesn't get it. 
But if you persist, then one day you will say, oh, now I see. What did you show them? A picture? No. The eyes of their understanding has now been opened. Now they see what we are talking about. So we have to take our time to pray for them. Listen. This March, when it is over, the first quarter of 2020 is over. So I'm asking you to do something. Target somebody that you know is not a believer, just one person, and put their name on your prayer list. If it is possible, and uh, you have them, uh, what do you call it? You, have, uh, you are connected to them because, you know, this WhatsApp thing, you know, I spoke about it. People put their pictures and things on these things without really thinking. If it's possible, and you are with them on WhatsApp, then print that picture and put it somewhere. Let's say clip it to your mirror or somewhere that is close. And every time you are praying, so that you can see and remember and pray for them, you lay hands, you pray, you talk to God about them, you declare things about them. It's not going to take long. God is going to show you how to reach them. Because you see, like I always say, responsibility will always, uh, uh, or let me put it this way, solution will always be given to people who are ready to exercise responsibility. Uh, these people, they don't know God. When they go to hell, it's their own business. That's not responsibility. Responsibility says that I am the light. If I am around and these people die in their darkness, it is because I refuse to allow my life to shine. It moves everyone's tune. God, please, how can my light shine? How can you help my light to shine? What can I do? What more can I do? That is the way God will now show you what to do because for every person, there is a key. As good and said, for jeder person or jeder situation, every person in every situation, there is a key. There is a bestimmte key. There is a certain key. God knows those keys. You don't. I don't. But the God is not giving it to everybody just like that. He's giving it to men and women who will take responsibility and say, God, I cannot be here and this one will go to hell. I can't be here and this one will walk in darkness. Uh, uh, that will mean that my life is not shining. And I refuse to be part of the darkness. Are you listening to me? When we take responsibility like that, something will happen. So we are the ones who should do it. Why should we do it? If we don't do it, nobody else will do it. Look at your Bible, throughout your Bible. Has God ever used an angel to preach the gospel? Sometimes the angels will facilitate, but really they don't preach the gospel. Look at this man in the, in the book of Acts. Acts uh, chapter, uh, chapter 10, the man called Cornelius. He's the first European to be saved. But Cornelius, the Bible says he was giving arms. He was using his money to build churches or synagogues for the people. But he didn't know God. It means that the kind of faith that one exercises to be saved, he didn't have it because he didn't know it. His good works, would they save them? No. So because of that, the Bible says his good deeds came up for a memorial before God. Meaning that his good deeds, the things that he was doing, he has become like a, a headstone. You know a headstone? When people die, 
they, they build a kind of you know, monument with their name on it. That monument is not telling you that this person died. It's telling you that this person lived. That's their intent. So his good deeds came up as a memorial before God, meaning that every time God opens his front door, and please, I'm trying to just, they call it a preacher's license. So understand me. Every time God opens his front door to go and do something, this memorial was there. At a point, God has to say, hey, angels, come on, go and take care of this thing. Because this thing has been there long enough, it needs to be taken care of. So what did the angel go? The angel went to Peter and said, look, some people will be coming because they have been sent by God. When they come, though you are a Jew, don't say because they are Gentiles, you are not going to go with them. You must go to them and speak to them the words of this life. Well, guess what? When they came, because he has been prepared already by God, he just went with them. And you and I know, if you know the story well, you know that if the angel had not come, spoken to him, like he would not have had it easy from his own people. Because he was breaking their rules. But when he went, the end result is that this man was saved. There are Germans God won't save. And there's no way they are going to be saved without us. God will not send angels. It is us he will send. If we are in the process of going and we still need angelic assistance, guess what? Angels will be sent out. So you see, it doesn't happen until we are ready to move. Once we are on the move, I tell you, the heaven's resources will be released at our disposal. We will not fail, we will succeed. So that is the second reason why, or is it the third reason? That's the third reason why you and I need to go forward. Now, the fourth reason I will believe that you and I need to go forward is, please get it straight that no human being is on this earth because they are filling space. You know, people, people don't just give birth because they want to give birth. Or people don't just give birth because their uh, reproductive organs are working good. There are people, the doctors will test you from head to toe. These organs, they are okay. Your husband, they test him from head to toe. Everything is okay. But they never, never give birth. Because, you see, it's not just because you, excuse me, excuse me, you have a wife and uh, you can do what married people do, then you automatically will give birth. That's not the reason. So, anytime somebody is born, there's a divine agenda to it. Or let me put it another way. Anytime somebody gets pregnant with a human being, there's a divine agenda to it. And the divine agenda is such that some people have certain keys to your blessing. And I come again. Some of you are praying for certain things. And maybe it seems those things are delayed. Because those people through whom those things are to be given to you, they are not in the kingdom yet. And simply because they are not in the kingdom yet, if you don't make yourself a kingdom person, so that you are having the kind of heart that God has for the lost, 
And therefore, you go on your knees to talk to the one who knows how to get them saved. I'm sorry. But some of these prayers, they will be long, long, long in getting answers. Because their conditions have not been fulfilled. Are you, are you listening to me? If you are looking for a husband, you know, though we are all believers, you cannot marry every believer that you have maybe in your, uh, what do you call it, your local church. I wish everybody who wants to marry can marry somebody in this church. Because then we will not be sending our daughters away, we will grow. And I wish that uh, some of the men, if they want somebody to marry and there's no woman here, they will bring somebody from another church, then we'll keep on growing. <laughs> I'm talking as a natural man. Get me right. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Because sometimes the way it works, how many of you know that God can connect all the dots? So sometimes the way it works, we do not understand it, but we are supposed to take our step of faith to do what they are called us to do because as we do what they are called us to do, all things will work together for our good. So my dear friends, start giving full attention to this number one assignment of God. And God will help those people who need to connect, to connect, to connect, so that any blessing you need in this natural life, God will help you connect those ones. And yours will come to you. Amen? Amen. Good. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Ephesians 4, 11. Are you there? Let me clear a couple of things. Because some people will be like, oh, pastor is talking to those people who have a call to be pastors. Uh, so, uh, I'm not a pastor. Ishab can, can be woofing and pastor to Zion. Also, that's been doited. It's been this Aina von Denen for von Eredet. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Are you there? How many of you are tired of playing church? Thank you. Our God is a powerful God. And until and un, unless and until we begin to go after his power, many people in our generation will die and go to hell not knowing God at all. Ephesians 4, 11, are you there? Okay. And he and his gifts were varied. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, that is special messengers. Some prophets. Of course, I don't like what the inspired uh, the amplifier said here. Amplifier said inspired preachers. A prophet is more than an, an inspired preacher. But one giving a word of prophecy is an inspired person. And there's a difference. Let me continue. So, inspired preachers and expounders. Meaning that the way I'm preaching and talking to you, you know I don't have a note. If there's any note I have, these are just the main things are scriptures. But I'm trusting God, you see, because sometimes when you make your notes, it doesn't exactly reflect the congregation, those who are there. And everybody needs to hear something in particular so that they can be moved into the will of God. So, I'm moving on. 
Some prophets, that is inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Verse 12. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. That is his consecrated people. That they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body. That is the church. So here, let me say this. When somebody is an apostle, an apostle is an office. It is not a gift. If an apostle is a gift, then it's a gift together with the whole person. Or let me put it this way. The gift is contained in the person. So the person himself becomes the gift. When you reject him, you have rejected the gift. So an apostle is an office. Uh, A prophet, who is a prophet? A prophet is somebody who speaks the word of God as God reveals to him. Now, a prophet can speak concerning the future or the past. In other words, a prophet can foretell, he can have revelation concerning tomorrow. We are not in tomorrow yet, but he can tell you exactly what will happen tomorrow. When you are at a particular point, you know, you meet a certain man. You remember what what, uh, Samuel said to Saul? He said, I'm anointing you right now, but as you go, you will meet some people. They will have bread, they will have wine, and this is what they are going to do, and this is what they will give you. This was something that has not happened. It's a prophet who does that. But a prophet can also talk to you about the past. It means it is a past he should not know anything about. Sometimes he may even talk to you about a past you yourself don't know about until you ask your mama or your father. You don't even know anything about it. But he can tell you so much about that past because you see, sometimes your past is the reason why your present is working the way it's working. And sometimes to solve the problem, you need to go to that past and fix the thing. And then the rest of the thing will flow. So prophets are needed in the house. But the preaching of the gospel is not confined to prophets. Um, and then you have uh, evangelists. So you have, uh, you have apostles, prophets, evangelists. Who is an evangelist? An evangelist is somebody who is working in an office. The office of one who has a certain grace to bring the good news to other people with signs and wonders following. When somebody is an evangelist, he has a certain unique anointing upon him. Uh, I will just talk about a certain man of God in Ghana. Uh, people call him Bishop Dark Heward Mills. Uh, but uh, this guy is a medical doctor. Uh, he trained as a medical doctor. Uh, today, he's a gospel man. He's preaching the gospel. He's not practicing medicine. But he is today not just working as a pastor, a church planter, but today he's working as a full evangelist. Really, that's my own personal opinion. You can, you can, you can, everybody's entitled to his own opinion. But my own personal opinion is 
that uh, he is walking in the shoes of uh, the late evangelist Reinhard Bonke. Because Reinhard Bonke is dead. Some people may know that. But today, this man can go to Malawi, can go to you know, some of these countries and, and the crusades that he holds, you know, cripples are walking, you know, the blind are seeing, things are happening, and the gospel is being preached. He didn't start that way. He started as a pastor. Really, I knew him when he was a student because we were all part of a particular kind of group. I'm not telling you what the group is. But he has been faithful in doing those other things. Today, he's, he's having the, what do you call it, the grace and the anointing of the evangelist upon him. Of course, he's still, he's still a pastor to some people, but he's doing the work of an evangelist. I want you to know, my dear friends, that doing the work of the evangelist don't have to be co um, confined to people who are evangelists uh, by calling. It is something that is supposed to be all of us doing it. So, you know, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, though Timothy was a pastor, what did he tell him? He said, do the work of an evangelist. Now, I'm telling you, church, we need to do the work of the evangelist because the gospel can only be spread by those of us who believe it. The first thing I want to ask you is, believe what God wants us to do. Believe it first. You cannot get somebody to believe something you yourself don't believe. Because, you see, though you may say the same words, yet you are talking to a spirit. Don't forget it. And, and a spirit is not a spirit just because words is going through the years. A spirit is a spirit because that is the unseen person that is keeping this body alive. And you know, when you are talking to a spirit, when the thing is a lie, they won't believe it. Of course, sometimes you are saying the truth and some people don't believe it. You know why? Because certain lying spirits are blocking them from getting the truth. But actually, if you are saying something and it's not true, if somebody is a spirit being, it doesn't have to be a Christian. It just has to be somebody who is not so bodily conscious. He would just have a reason to say, no, no, where he's saying it, but yeah, they won't take action. But when you are saying something that you actually believe, he has a way of moving people. Now, let me just use the people in the music ministry as an example. When people are singing, and they are singing with passion, there's a difference between singing with passion and singing beautifully. Because even if there is some level of dichotomy in the, in the, in the voices and what they are saying, if there is passion, it beats your language or your, your it beats your, your what do you call it? Your, 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 your melody barrier. It passes through your melody barrier and somehow something begins to move you. So, you see, you can't speak about something with passion when you don't believe it. All these people who died for the gospel, they did it because they believed it. Well, do you understand what I'm saying? Who would like to die for something that he knows is a lie? Also, it's better than snitch marking. If you will do it, that's okay with you because everybody has freedom to do what they want to do with their life. But me, I'm not going to die for something that I know is a lie. 
these people, they knew that it was the truth. They were fully convinced that it was the truth. They didn't care to die because, you know, when you know something is the truth, to say it's not the truth, when especially that is the last thing you will do before you leave this earth, will be like you have sinned a sin against yourself. You cannot forgive yourself. So they were not ready to compromise because they knew the truth. I pray that God will help you and I to understand that we are unique people. That we may be in Deutschland for several reasons. But underlying all those things, we are called to be people who know God and therefore we have a light we must shine for other people to find their way to God. <laughs> okay, good. Then, where was I then? And so the intention, of course, then pastors and teachers. Pastors are shepherds. They are supposed to take care of the flock. They are supposed to see to the spiritual needs of people. It doesn't just mean that because of that, then if it is preaching, they must be doing the preaching. Hello. Please, I want you to arise and be part of the army. Be part of the army. And then you have people who are teachers. Teachers are also people who are gifted to do so. One of the people that maybe I can, I can, I can give as a teacher is, a, is Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer is a good teacher. And the church that she was in, they didn't really believe in women preachers. So she didn't have it easy to begin with. But when the gifting is in you, when you are giving yourself to it, it will begin to show. So they are having different, different, uh, is it prayer? Uh, is what? Uh, Bible study groups. And her own. It was just growing. You know, because the gift is there. So eventually, of course, she has to leave the congregation because, uh, the denomination, because, you know, if people don't want you, ah, uh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody getting some benefit? Next week, God willing, we'll be talking about what I call the military aspects of it. Because disciples are supposed to be soldiers. We have to talk about the military aspect of it. Uh, uh, I'll just give you the scriptures and I'll be closing on that. But uh, in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 10 to 12, it reads, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which some, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, and that for that matter, woman of God, every single one of us, you are either a man or a woman of God. We are all children of God. Thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Then verse 12, it says, well, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and have professed a good profession before many. There is a fight for a believer to fight. If you are not in the fight, it will mean that a time may come when your very life depends upon you being able to push back, you may lose your life in the process. Second scripture 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. 
Verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. So we will look at the soldier aspects of what we are supposed to do. And you know, it's a good idea if you know some soldiers, watch them well. Because it will help you to understand they are fighting natural fight, but spiritual soldiers are supposed to fight spiritual fight. Meaning that a lot of the, uh, the exercises that they are doing to make them good natural soldiers, those same exercises in a spiritual sense can also make us very good soldiers. They are using bullets, but we are not using bullets. They may be uh, doing a lot of press-ups, a lot of climbings, a lot of jumpings, but we may not necessarily be using a lot of climbing, a lot of jumpings, but spiritually, we are supposed to be doing something similar to that. Are you okay with me? Because let me close by saying, that doesn't mean that you can be a good soldier if you're, you, you don't take very good care of this, your body. How many of you were, have been very inspired to pray when you are sick? The moment you are sick, you can't pray like you used to pray when you are okay. So this body has a way of either helping you to go up or trying to pull you down. Meaning that if you keep yourself in shape, it's good. So please think about that. Shall we be on our feet? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.